Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the One More Jump podcast by Rise Pole Vault. Today we have Tim Riley, owner and coach of Northwest Pole Vault Club out in Seattle, Washington. Uh, Tim has been just completely crushing it for a while now um, in the high school category. He's got just this lineup of incredible high school pole vaulters. Um, I think, I don't know, I think he said in the podcast it was like 13 or something, 13 footers and then like multiple 14 footers that he's produced in his system of instruction. Um, most notably, the Mall Sisters of, of the recent just success of them has just been insane. Um, both basically, you know, 15 foot pole vaulters and it's just yeah it's not too shabby to get a high school girl to go uh 15 feet let alone uh you know two of them and hannah is just so close to it right now so she's gonna get it pretty soon um but anyway uh yeah it was really really fun to have him on and he's had a ton of success but i think the biggest reason why i wanted to have him on is he does have a different way of beginning pole vaulters. He gets them to a bent pole very quickly. And by very quickly, I mean the first day of them learning how to pole vault. So the kid learns how to hold the pole. They learn how to run with the pole. And then they learn how to bend the pole all in one day. Um, so that some people don't like that. Some people do not like that. I am like coming around to it. I think that, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, the whole podcast talks about, or a lot of the podcast talks about it. But anyway, he's just incredible. And we wanted to make sure that we were able to to pick his brain for uh, all the little nuggets of information that he has stored up there. Uh, we did run into some audio issues early in the beginning of this podcast. We actually had to restart the podcast. Um, so that's always a good time. Uh, but yeah, we, we made it happen and we're getting it going and yeah. So one more thing before we get started here, I just wanted to put an overarching disclaimer on this podcast and that disclaimer is don't listen to this podcast and then think it's okay for you to start teaching your kids how to bend the pole on their first day of ever pole vaulting. There is a large amount of knowledge in Tim Riley's head, and there's a large amount of ability to see things and to react to things as a coach that he has that you might not have. And he has the proper poles and the proper equipment and the proper system um, and progression in order to do this safely and effectively, but most importantly, safely. So please don't listen to this podcast and then think it's okay just to grab a kid off the street and have him bend it and send it. Uh, not a good choice. All right. So that's my disclaimer. struggling just to tell the, the viewers kind of what's going on here. So we started 
the audio was just a little janky and what the the value that this podcast is going to have is going to somewhat be erased if we don't have good audio for it. So we've decided to restart again. Uh, we were probably 30 minutes in, which is, you know, I don't know. Anyway, it's over. It's done with. And we're going to get this thing out to the people because uh, they want to they wanna hear it. So in a... Quick synopsis. <laughs> what is your what is your history in the pole vault? Like where 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 did you grow up first of all? Like was this did you always live in Washington? Yeah. Yeah, I <clears throat> I was a Spokane boy when I was a little kid. And uh <clears throat> yeah, Catholic school, grade school, high school guy. Um our grade school actually had a uh a pole vault pit, a bunch of uh nets of foam rubber so uh once i uh once i kind of found this uh sport i got infected as the way i would describe it with this idea that i got a pole vault and i did it on a bunch of uh funky uh uh poles and things that i could find uh sticks and bamboo and whatnot um <clears throat> then uh by sixth grade uh in the spring we could actually use the the one pole the school had uh, I think it was an old Browning or something like that. Um, nice. And I think I made maybe seven, six and sixth grade, maybe nine and seventh grade and 10 and eighth grade, something like that, you know. But all the other pole bowling was just in my yard or my friend had a nicer long yard. And so uh, at one point, uh, my mom and I were driving around and I we saw this apartment complex being built. and And it was just like raining foam rubber out the windows. <laughs> people were installing carpet and throwing all this carpet pad out the windows on the ground. And I was like, mom. <laughs> and she said, Oh, let's pull over and ask, you know? And I said, what, what is all this stuff on the ground? They said, garbage. And she said, do you mind? And so she got me a couple of big burlap bags and we started stuffing those full of this carpet padding in, and, uh, Oh man. So then then we could raise the grip and back it up and we could actually go over like 10 feet. And even into high school, we could go 11 feet and, and, and land on something rather than our feet. So, uh, yeah, that's that hilarious. Was, it's yeah, like, uh, just rain, <laughs> raining down. Foam. Yeah. It's like mana from heaven, man. <laughs> it was so cool. <clears throat> so oh high school gosh. did not go great. I, I liked it. I also played basketball and stuff, but I, I, there wasn't, coached by any i didn't even know that there was a coach in washington could i have gone somewhere to get help i don't know so of course i was doing it wrong um as i tell every athlete that starts with me the first time i hand you a pole you're going to do it wrong because mm -hmm. doing it wrong is is a reptilian response to having this thing in our hands and this desire to jump over something we can't do it right without intentionally seeing like oh that's not going to work right. uh and so we yeah <clears throat> So anyway, I, I was mediocrely successful in high school with uh, maybe three poles over my four years. And uh, I made 13-6, got to the state meet, you know. Um, it was very disappointing. In my first year of college, I tried at University of Idaho. Mike Keller was a great guy. But, um, you know, they didn't have poles for me either. <laughs> like, what am I doing? So... Uh, I started trying to, uh, as I became a teacher, I tried uh, helping kids pole vault because just because I loved it so much. <clears throat> what did but you I teach? Was not, 
I taught English mostly, English and theology at two different Catholic high schools, 15 years each um, in the Seattle area. Yeah. So my awakening came from finding a mentor, finally. I, I was always reading things, but uh, when I found uh, Carl Erickson um, and who kind of took me under his wing, it, it really just changed everything my whole paradigm of how to teach this thing and, and, and work with kids was different and uh so i i had rapid profound success that that made my kids in in bellevue washington way better than anybody else's kids around me and everybody wanted to figure out what that was about so i started running camps and things and i i spent a whole summer camping with carl in southern texas and sultry heat and uh uh, nice, uh, hospitable homes where he would, some athlete would have us stay there at their home and feed us every day and all that. And it was quite an experience. And Bill Payne and a couple of others were, were his helper buddies too. And so we all kind of traveled around in this big old van of his with a hundred poles on the top of the car. And, uh, that was pretty formative for me, a really nice time. Could you and, provide uh, <laughs> just a little bit of context to uh, Carl Erickson? Like, where did he coach? Yeah. And just Carl, so people understand, because I, I have a small connection with Carl Erickson. This is going to sound really random. And if it's not the right person, then, you know, please correct me. Did Carl Erickson have one leg? Yes. Okay. That's the person that I'm thinking of. Okay. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he, uh, you're thinking of the right guy. That's uh, another story in itself. But yeah, he was at Baylor when I first met him. And at the time, he had three 18-footers at the same time at Baylor, which was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. um, and he had a lot. And he'd say to me, oh, how high do your kids go in their first season? I'm like, well, I usually get a kid to 10 feet. And he's like, oh, Tim, 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 that's awful. I'm like, really? And he says, oh, you got to think <laughs> differently. Oh, my gosh. He said, you can stick me anywhere in the USA, and within five years, I'm going to have a 16-footer every year, I'm going to have a 17-footer every five years, and I'm going to have an 18-foot jumper once a decade. I don't care where you stick me in Alaska. I can do Whoa. it anywhere. It's easy. And I was like, what? <laughs> That's so, awesome. Right? <laughs> so, Holy cow. So bring it. Show me, you know, and all that. So and I that is him. really it's really funny though, because my dad, my dad uh went, I wonder if you guys might have crossed paths a long time ago, because my dad uh, uh when was this? So he he won the Illinois State Championship in high school in 79, and then he took a year or two off and then went to um Texas A&M in Kingsville and the reason that he went to Texas A&M in Kingsville was because his friend David Hodge who's now oh, owner of, of Latania Sports Group they they were they grew up pole vaulting together in the same town and then David went and worked with Carl Erickson at Baylor and then he was like you got to get down here man it's going crazy down here yep. in Texas you got to just anywhere just get anywhere down yeah here. right don hood and, had a thing going on yeah, yeah and and so and so my dad went and trained a little bit with carl um mm. and he says same thing you did is just a really incredible person incredible yeah. coach and so on and so forth yeah so, anyway yeah he was he was <clears throat> he was a self-prescribed 
describe Maverick. Uh, he said, I am a huge left arm advocate and everybody thinks I'm crazy, but blah, 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 you know. So um, I had to temper his emphasis on left arm as the only thing that mattered almost right. uh, and realize, well, it's one of the things that matters. And I appreciated that he'd start people on bending poles really early, even if he had to hold them up and push them on the back to get it to work. Pole sales are heating up. And if you are in need of Essex, UCS Spirit, or Pacer pole vaulting poles, uh, feel free to reach out to support at risepolevault.com and we can get you all hooked up with uh, some new pole vaulting poles for your track season. Um, also, if you're in the Chicagoland area, or maybe we want to figure out how we can get poles to you, uh, if you're outside of the Chicagoland area and you want to rent poles, uh, we also offer a very hassle-free rental service with unlimited exchanges so that the pole can grow with the vaulter. Uh he didn't think uh, about smaller poles or whatever. He, he probably didn't have any of the same kind of little poles I have now in my modern teaching system. But uh, that and, uh, I mean, he had guys on 40 and 50 pound heavier poles than their body weight. And if you want to go high, right, you know, oh, that's yeah. where the money is. When people ask me, like, well, what's the difference between 11 and 12? How do I get to 12? I said, well, come on over here to my pole rack. <laughs> I said, here's where you are. You know what pole you're going to use to make 12? Keep walking to the right. You know, and they're just yes. like, oh. yeah. So, how do we increase your pole rotation velocity? I know how to do this, but that's yeah. what the job is. Don't go talking to me about you're not swinging high enough. We're going to we're gonna learn to move poles and we move poles, right? My Absolutely. kids just ended up on 14 6180s at the University of Washington meet the other day and they're 140 each. So those are some big freaking poles. You want to go high, you better learn how to move poles. And one of the ways is not to eat your plant after building up all that beautiful speed you're working on, uh, not to lose it all with a big glass step or a low plant or a crappy bottom arm. Uh, it's not going to work. So, um, right. you know, <laughs> anyway, so there, that's kind of the starting story. I retired as an athlete. And and what did you jump, I, if you don't <clears> mind me asking? 15 at the University of Idaho, my freshman year. Okay. Uh, right. That's not impressive. And until you think, like, wait, didn't you say that's the same pole you were jumping 13 6 on in high school? You brought that pole with you to college and you never had another one? Yeah. That's a true story. <laughs> that's the, it's the you same 13 175 that I had in high school because there's no poles at Idaho for me. Oh my So I gosh, just learned to do impressive. more wrong things to make 15 on the same pole. That's actually there's a really impressive. <laughs> there's a picture of my plant in the yearbook that was just awful. I'm just so embarrassed. Now, if any of my old athletes saw it, they'd go, coach, what's that? All right. Well, yeah, you got better. You got better at it. So, so yeah. So I guess that's, you know, I am curious. What do you say to a person that says you can't understand how to pole vault high unless you've pole vaulted high? What do you say to somebody yeah. that says that? There are some nuances of what I need to communicate to my athletes that I rely upon from colleagues like Pat Manson uh, and Stacy and, and Erica Fraley who say to me, oh, when I was doing it, I used to feel, and I go, ah, that, yes, I appreciate yeah. hearing that. Pat describes all the time his his 
his work between the cusps of danger and maximum controllable speed on all these little, how high do I swing? How fast do I go? Uh, uh, it's fascinating for me to listen to him. And so I can say to my kids now, Pat Manson says when he was doing it. So right. I re really rely heavily on collegiality for some of that. Um, and as a different thing, I mean, I experienced pole vaulting, you know, I mean, I, I, I know what it's like to work through a little weird things and have, and kind of get in my head too much. I need to get out of my head and all that kind of a stuff. I also had a really great mentor, uh, for the last 25 of my 30 years in high schools. I was just running summer camps for pole vault, but I, I was the golf coach. Um, not because I was a good golfer, but right. because they needed a golf coach. And I'm like, how bad can that be? And I found this guru of mental golf teaching, uh, a seminarist who traveled the country, explaining to people how to make use of their brain uh, in, their, in their motor movement learning and in their competitive situations and how to build confidence and all that. So uh, I got really a wizard's uh, mentoring for 25 years on how to get the most out of the athlete, helping them understand themselves and why they're doing what they're doing and all that kind of a thing, how we can bring our best selves to the biggest venues and all that kind of a thing. So when people say, how'd you ever learn to be a really, I mean, your kids are so competitive at all these big venues. They just like sweep. There doesn't seem to be any nerves above. So for that, uh, thanks Bill Meyer, who was this really, really great um, wizard of a mental coach. Um, all of that wow. stuff transferred very easily for me um, into my into my work with track kids. Right. So. so so you're saying that you have taken the approach of things that I don't maybe I have not experienced or felt, um, which I don't want to discount discredit like 15 feet. It's not like you didn't pole vault like that. Right, like right. That's that's a good that's a good jump. Like, um, but you know, some people just are so hooked on this idea that if you didn't jump, you know, six meters, then you can't help somebody jump six meters or, or whatever. And, um, uh, I think that you're just such an incredible example of somebody who I, you know, who's just like, you know, well, I, I got to a certain point, but then I just have been a, a, a really big student of, different techniques and and talking with different people and things like that so you you kind of just pool a lot of information from a lot of people and then add your little spice you know to it and apply your own logic to it is that correct you got it yeah i i think it's a blessing for me to know i did not do this myself i think sometimes in all sports because an athlete was a professional it is assumed that they will be the best coach. Mm. And coaching is an art form. It is really different. Um, how do I turn kids on? How do I package my information? How do I motivate? How do we um, assess? All that kind of stuff is different. Um, so I have known from the start, I'm going to borrow and steal from every smart person I can find. And I'm always, even today, I would never say i've got this um mm -hmm. every day in my gym is this i mean here comes 10 more kids some of whom i haven't seen before here comes 10 more every day five days a week that has exponentially 
expanded my resourcefulness as a coach now and every day i'm learning more every little goofy kid that cannot straighten that trail leg is like okay dude we're gonna try it. oh no it didn't work we're gonna try it this way now we're gonna you know and i'll send a video to lakari who i talk to like a couple times a week come pat what the heck you know and anything we can do to figure out uh, another thing right. um i will i've learned too much to ever say i've got to figure it out yeah, no I think way. that we're going to find uh, in the next five to 10 years with the growth of pole vaulting gyms and pole vaulting clubs that um, the coaching abilities in the United States, I think, are going to go through the roof because of, kind, you know, hopefully that we're able to collaborate together and learn from each other. But I really think just the sheer number of coaching reps that you yes. get at a club or a gym it just makes you better it's just coaching reps you know i mean hundreds maybe thousands of yep. of uh you know responses to vaults every yep. single week and yep. and you compile those over you know weeks and then months and then years and then 5 years and then a decade it's like holy cow you could just acquire a large amount of knowledge yeah. about how to work with individuals um on pole vault and i and i really think that that is going to be a huge thing um yes. in the next five to ten years and that's and that so would you say that since you opened your gym uh that that you've seen kind of like a, a steady increase of your ability to work with all different types of of vaulters absolutely you know uh, <clears throat> Uh, McDowell's um, Outliers speaks of the 10,000-hour phenomenon. We always say that, you know, kids need repetitions. Kids aren't the only ones. You nailed it. Yep. How many thousands now more pole vaulters have I worked with and more hours have I worked in the entire first 30 years of my just doing camps? Um, right. Absolutely. The coach's eye, um, demeanor, new drills, more contraptions. Right. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Better, yeah, better, better, better all the time. It's really, it really is crazy because people, um, <laughs> I, I can feel it. I, I opened up our, uh, gym, the rise pole vault training center in 2019, about five months before the pandemic started. Um, and I opened that up and I, I had worked my dad's camp every summer for six weeks, you know, since I was 18 years old, you know, <laughs> but the, amount of growth that i have felt from 2019 to now 2023 it, i mean is insane yeah. uh just because of all of those reps which is really really cool yeah um, but going into we we've already talked about this when we were having technical our audio uh difficulties but you you had mentioned that Carl Erickson is a big proponent of starting with that bent pole pretty quickly um and this is kind of your thing this is kind of like your well, thing that you're I don't I don't want it to be my thing because it's so oversimplified mm. um but People ask me all the time, how do your kids all plant so great? Oh, my gosh. Every one of your kids is like you're producing them on some cookie sheet. What the heck? It was like the answer is I start them with an engaged bottom arm. Yes, I do that. I do not spend time on straight poles. 
I have leapfrogged over, you know, not having been raised by an old school guru. (laughs) I was never raised by a Petrov or anybody. So I felt free to to find my way. And Carl, you know, certainly empowered me to, to think outside the box. But I would say that my thing is that what I've learned most in the last 10 years is that we're training nervous systems. And the way humans learn motorized activity like that is by repetition and habituation. We have this, um, what was it, this beautiful book I'm going to say, The Talent Code is a fantastic book on how we how we motor learn things. And he says, we are Mayellan beings. We learn to automate necessary motor movements because they're necessary for our productivity and our survival. So whatever it is that we practice, we can become so proficient at repeating it it's it's automated thoughtless right so unfortunately what's reptilian in us as povalders is not going to help us we have to to learn counterintuitive things and so as i start people i sit them in a chair and i explain this to them that they're going to want to pull on this thing and they're going to want to suck up their legs and we're not going to do that but saying so will have no effect on them i could tell you don't pull hmm. a thousand times you're going to pull if I put a stick across a baby crib, the kid's going to pull on it as soon as he can grab it. We will right. do that. But I'm going to start you in this way. I'm going to have you stand on a little elevated thing, uh, an 18-inch box or the front of the pit. Hold the pole as you must. Raise your knee. And now lean into it. I'm going to hold the pole so it won't go anywhere. I want you to stretch and hang from that right hand or the top hand, whichever it is. Stretch, stretch, stretch. Can you feel it? Tip your head up. Get straight. Feel the tension in your trail leg that's still standing on the pit. Tense, tense, hold it. I'm going to roll you over now. And over they go. And it's like, that's the only way we fly. We got to do it again. Now you do it by yourself. Nope, didn't do it. You lost it. Hang again. Feel that, feel that, roll. And so fastidious perfection right there at that moment. The clay is so soft. You can get them feeling like, ah, can we do that 10 times in a row? Nice. Can we do it on the floor now? Walk, 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 step over. Same stuff. Can we do it? Can I get you to jog a little bit and do it? Raise your grip a little bit. As soon as it fails, we pause and we make it right again. Do we got to go back to the box? Let's do it. Back to now, let's let's throw in some wickets and see if you can go hop, 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 and still do it. Can we do that? Now yeah. you're feeling good. And I ask them, what's your comfort level? Oh, six. I'll say, okay, let's repeat more, more, more. Now, how are you doing? I'm eight, eight and a half. Good. Ready for what's next? You know what's next? I showed you the whole sequence we're going to do today. You know, we're going to do hurdles now. You know, we're going to go to the pit now. Are you ready for that? And they'll say sometimes, could I, could I just do one or two more like this? I say, yep, go for it. And then they say, I'm ready. Over we go to the runway, right? So it's like baby steps, baby steps, insisting upon the good stuff, the right movement, the right posture the whole time. Yeah, that is that is it's beautiful. Magic. Like it really, it really is. It it really is artwork. And I know yes. that that's like super, you know, woo woo or whatever. Like that. It's not but right. It, it, no, it is. It is it is artwork and and it's the construction of that system. I I'm fascinated with systems. I'm fascinated with with systems of instruction with the pole vault. I'm fascinated with business systems. I'm fascinated with 
um, I mean, accounting systems. Like I, I just love systems. I, I I think that's very very it's intriguing to me. Um, and and listening to that system is just it's just beautiful. It's just a really cool thing to see how the one thing interacts with the next thing, interacts with the next thing, interacts with the next thing, and then it turns into Hannah and Amanda Mall, you know, it's like, it's like, it's so cool to see that. But I do want to mention one thing that you, you kind of skipped past that we had mentioned, uh, in our prior, uh, podcast before this, um, which was the video. So Tim had mentioned that that you video, you, you, you have this all on video and then you prep the athlete with, the video so they can understand like okay i'm going i'm going to be doing this today and and uh what what is it so this is a video on your phone and, and kind of maybe you know what the contents of that video might be okay. well i've done this with hundreds of kids right over the last 10 years so uh i always film them at each little phase so uh, you know i get a couple films of them stepping off the pit correctly and incorrectly then we move over to the floors, correct, incorrect, and then we put the wickets down. So I, I've I've saved some sequences, right? Uh, and so one of the best ones is this is the most fluid from start to finish in the in a in a two hour session. I, I sit them down and I just talk to them for fifteen minutes, and their parents can look over my shoulder or whatever they want to do. But I explain to them that the project is going to be so challenging because. Uh, it's counterintuitive, and there will be so many times it's just going to be overmastering to want to pull on that pole. You may not, and so here's how I'm going to help you not do it. You're going to learn to do it this way, um, and this these will be the steps we're going to take today. Here we're going to do this, yeah, we're going to do that, and by the end of today, look at what you're going to be doing. You're going to be going four, three, two, one, and moving on a slightly bending pole. Look at the posture of this body. It's the exact same posture you had at the start of the day on that pit leaning with me before you even left the ground that's what we're going to bring and we can you know and then i and i jokingly say to them so that's what i'm about to do are you want to run to the car now do you want to get out of here or, or are you in and you know <clears throat> so they know what's coming and we can refer back to it during the day right yeah and so do yeah, you ever do you, do you does the kid let's say just you know i'm just curious is 80% make it through that entire sequence? Does 100%? More. More. 90%? Yeah. Really? So like oh, yeah. 90, 90, 95 or 100%? No, 90. Here's something that's going to happen, and the kids don't know this, nor does the parent until they get there. Well, maybe it's 80. <clears throat> I could have a kid that I say, okay, so now uh, you're going to go over that. You're going to, you've got this posture beautifully. Here you are rolling over. I'm pulling on the pole or tapping you on the back. You do it by yourself. And suddenly they shrivel up. And I said, oh, you know, you 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 lost that long body thing. You shriveled. And then at, within a 20 minutes, I can see, ah, I have a person who's afraid to do this. Right. There is nothing I can do today to speed up that process. They will never be a pole vaulter. <laughs> Everything about it. Now, I'm not going to say that to them. <laughs> right? right i can i can explain to them i say now just so you understand i know that you're resolved to stay long here here's how our bodies work if there is any uncertainty it will manifest in a contraction mm -hmm. you will pull or shrivel up your leg 
No one ever taught me how to duck when someone shouts heads. We didn't practice in school. It's in my system. If I don't like something, I'm getting smaller. It's just the way we get safe. So that's why you're doing it. There's something about this that scares you. Yeah, it's kind of different. Yeah. Can you do it? I think so. What can we do to make it more comfortable? You want me to stand here again? Do I got to pull on the pole for you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, it, do we want to lower your grip a little bit? At least they know why it's happening to them. And at the end of the day, I might say to the, to, you know, the parents always say, what do you think? And I say, well, here's what I think. This is going to be an extremely slow process. Everybody has is on a continuum of how much they enjoy the, the kind of the adrenaline rush, the, the excitement of doing a thing that's a little bit scary. This child is, is, has a super cautious survival manager in the backseat of her car. It's going to be very slow. I'm not going to blow any smoke at you that she may never make 10 feet. However, you guys are going to get in the car. And if this is the most dang fun she's ever had, you got to come back. That's that's worth something by itself. I'm just telling that. you. I'm just telling you this. This is not going to go easily. Every step we took today. Oh, she needed to tiptoe and her eyes got big. And it's like that. That's not the kind of kid you even want her in the first place. And hey. Maybe you had a good time and you go back to doing something else. That's okay. We had a good two hours. Have you found a way to deprogram that quicker? Fear? Yeah. No. All right. Nope. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> it's a running It's a running joke with all of us football coaches. Hey, what if you got this kid who's great, 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 but they're just afraid? Oh, get a different pole vaulter. <laughs> right. That's hilarious. It's, That's a no, good one. No. So after they go through this process and then you, you take them through their, and basically for the people who have never seen this, he, he takes them through, you know, a platform vault and then he eventually gets them to doing a drill where they're, they're planting the pole with a, with a, rigid bottom arm i would say not a straight yeah. bottom arm but a rigid right. bottom it's arm. not at all straight but yeah it's engaged engaged the, bottom arm yeah and the left hand uh, even with a wristband uh, visual aid stays in front of their face and they stay right behind it so i don't want the the head to tip over to the side to avoid collision i want them to have a, a light enough pull that they don't have to try hard to do it but it's just very easy for them to do it to learn to jump up with a with a fully tight elastic stretch and, right. and with the pole moving in front of them. Yeah, like that. And all the while, in the first two hours, we're not talking about swinging over anything. And we may not talk about that for a week or two. And even if we introduce it, I, I load them with more caution. Um, you're going to hoist up your legs to go over this bar, if I put it here, and I won't allow that. So I'm right. just telling you right now, this is what you're going to want to do. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to keep that leg long and just swing it up. So come over here to my rings. I'm going to set them down where you can reach them. I want to see tap, tap, get swinging, swing again, tap, tap. Now start moving that trail leg. So tap, tap into this beautiful flight. And as soon as the flight looks good and I see you stretched and your arc, now move that trail leg. And if it starts bending on the rings, I'm going to say, nope, nope, nope. Straighter, straighter. And I'll just stand right next to them. Keep tapping that leg. That's not straight yet. Now it's straight. Now you're moving it. Can you feel it? Yeah. Let's go do it. So here's the low bar. 
as soon as you jump and swing, if I see a nice long straight trail leg up and over the bar and you land back on your feet again, perfect. You can keep doing it. If you okay. fold up that leg, it's back to the rings or we're not swinging at all today. We're not doing it wrong. I will not let you swing wrong in my gym. Also, I will not let you hug your pole the first time you try to swing. If something right. more important falls apart, stop. That is the discipline of hierarchical skill building in this in this event. It's a pyramidic, in my opinion, that I adhere to very strictly. And I think it is difficult for spring track season coaches to adhere to <clears throat> because they're they're probably not as, as skilled at at that first session teaching, perhaps as the veterans like we are, but also they feel compelled to rush and get these kids over something within the first couple of weeks of the season so they can feel like they're a part of a team. And so they're twirling around in circles, flying over five or six feet. And I got to fix that, you know, after they do that for three months. That's a mess. And I don't right. let it happen in my gym. So I've never had a 14 footer. I've got my six that's just about on the brink. She just made 14 or 13. 10 or 11 or something again the other day she's a junior none of them none of them started somewhere else all of them are, are, are ground zeros so i am going 13 to, footers, go ahead yeah i got 13 uh 13 footers so far maybe four of them jumped somewhere else before they came to me so most of this is a product of zero to college ready it's it's not taking kids with awful habits and moving them from 11 feet, four years experience to 14. Right. And I think that it's, it's what's, what really fascinated me is actually that girl that you're talking about right now, the, uh, I'm sorry to her. Ella. Ella. Okay. I was going to say like, it's like a flying ninja or she is. climbing ninja or something like yeah, that. That's right. her, her, uh, uh, Instagram handle. Instagram. Anyway, so she is a great one because I saw her go through that first day sequence um, on your Instagram. Um, oh. Yeah, and I've been following that ever since. Oh. And that was actually, she was the first one that I saw that I was like, hold on, this guy's got her uh, been in the pole on the first day. That's that's not going to work. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I'll admit, I, maybe I didn't say that, but I was like, yeah, we'll see where she's at, you know, in, in a few months or something like that. Yeah. Well, we see where she's at now. Um, and she's doing incredibly well. So I think people who are listening, if you want to see that, you can go on Tim's Instagram and you can go back and see her first, I think it was her, like her first or second <clears throat> class yeah. that she took with you. And she went through all those things that you're talking about right now. And then, you know, she doesn't block out and she does know how to swing and she does know how to pole vault. She's going to jump 14 really soon. Um, looks like, and, and <laughs> it's, it's very fascinating because it, it does work and you're just making, I think what's going to happen with this whole thing with this, uh, you're bending the pole too early type thing. And you have to straight pole type thing. I think probably what happens is you're going to make too compelling of a case, an irrefutable case, <laughs> you know, and, and, and then after that, it's like, come on guys, let's just concede. Let's concede. 
it works. Maybe it doesn't work for you or it doesn't work for everyone, you know, and can you b- develop a pole vaulter with that straight pole technique? Obviously, yeah, you can. Yep. But um, we can't tell him that he's wrong anymore. We can't, we just can't do that. Uh, and I think you're, I think you're there, you know, especially after, <laughs> you know, the mall sisters and, and their, their performance. So, so I, I, that was actually one of my questions was when a kid comes to you and they've, let's say that it's a female that's jumped 11 feet. When they come to you, they they just moved into the Seattle area. Oh, I get to go and and jump uh, at Northwest Pole Vault. Is Northwest Pole Vault Academy? Club. Club. Um, I get to go vault there. And now what do you do? Because they are coming to you having not been through your process, having not been built from the ground up from you. So how do you manage that? It depends on the kid got to look at what they're doing uh and kids come come from all over the place now um to spend three days you know and some you know they're they're very motivated the families that and all that can could i please have a that long pink charger cord um they it just depends on the kid um jake so if all they're doing is um they've been stuck at 12 for who knows how long. And they're convinced that it's, you know, like, Oh, I just, I'm not finishing my swing or whatever, you know, chances are eight out of 10 times. I'm going to look and say, well, what pull are you on? Mm. You're, you're not moving it. So look at here, here's the speed. Watch your last couple steps. See how you're leaning back. Here's the heel strikes. So you're leaking velocity. You're eating some of that right back into yourself with a flimsy bottom arm or whatever like that. So we are going to power you up as a first priority we're not going to learn to swing as a first priority and so here's my best these are my best drills to do that now again understanding how we learn our motor learning process you have done this this way a thousand times how many times we're going to do it right before this is a new way of doing it right right so if if we make this drill okay this time i'm just going to keep you at four steps all I want to say, I don't want any swing. And I just want to see you accelerate. I want to see climactic speed, thump, 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 and engage bottom arm. Move that pole. <clears throat> if they do it, we celebrate. If it's a flimsy bottom arm, I say, okay, that was flimsy. Go get the PVC pole. Feel it against the wall a couple times. Ooh, ooh, big. Look at yourself in the mirror. Boom, big arm. Feel that, feel it. Go back in the go back in line. And if they're in a group, you know, there's three or four minutes between jumps. I don't like having people sit around visiting and that mm. everybody knows, well, they're going to go watch their video and then they're going to go pick up the drill that they know my next vault. Now, if they're, if they're more advanced athletes of mine, they're going to go to their notebook because they're kind of keeping a little scorecard for the day. Like, okay, today I was going to work on A, B, and C. 15 jumps, I'm going to give myself a little star. Each time I do all those three things, if I do two of them, that's two out of three or whatever like that, right? So they do that, and then it's like, okay, so where's that little pole? I'm going to remind myself how to flex in or whatever it is they're doing, yeah? So habit reformation, reprogramming requires activation drills. I call them kinesthetic drills. 
so that they can feel what I'm asking them to do next. There's no purpose for my saying, nope, you had a soft bottom arm again. Nope, there it is again. Nope, nope, nope. What are we going to change other than a kid's mood if that's the way our teaching model is? We have to let them feel it somewhere. Stop that drill. Let's go. You know, you keep slowing down. Go hit the sliding box a few times. Blow that thing up. Get fast again. Go to the rings. Feel that long swing again. Feel it. Feel it. And come back. You know, that doesn't work. I got three other ideas. But we have to retrain and not by talking about it. We retrain it by rehearsing the motor movement that we want. Yeah. Right. So we have all these various ways to do that. And now how many vaults? I sometimes I say to a kid, how many successful vaults have you had with a big plant since last time you were here? And if they look at me like zero, I go, you're missing it. Why didn't you do 50 a day in your bedroom? Right. Yeah. What are you doing? PVC pipe or some sort of drill because you can rehearse these things off the runway. You can easily rehearse these things. You bet you can. And the more vividly you imagine yourself doing it at the next track you're going to, the faster it happens. We all know, don't we, that that our bodies and our nervous systems cannot distinguish visualized experiences, especially if we're moving while we do them. Right. Uh, Han and Amanda now uh, have told uh, their other coach that when they lay down and do their visualizing, they can feel their muscles twitching because they're Oh, they're 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 doing it so right. you know they're picturing the thing and it's like yeah so they're having a lot more successful jumping in between sessions than they just get in the session so i, I i'm pretty good at retraining um bad habits i'm getting better and better at it sometimes there's another route to it if a person has trouble bending a pole because they're just afraid mm-hmm. we gotta name it like I don't think it's a technical problem. I see you slowing down before. Look at, slow the video down. You're slowing down. So what are you afraid of? Well, I don't know. what. There's something. Think about it. What could make you more comfortable? Could I tap you on the back a couple of times? You want to move from a five to a four? You want to switch back that, you just grabbed a new pole, didn't you? Let's, you want to go down a pole? And as soon as that, I can see it in their face like, yeah, let's do that. I say, okay, in the future, right. Can you become a little more self-aware so I don't have to dig it out of you each time? Uh, let's name what it is so we can address what it is. There's no point in talking about, nope, nope, your left arm, your left arm, if you're afraid. Right. So what, what are you're we talking do- about is you're you're doing, you're just doing the things that you know you should do. And I think that that is, that's a con, a, a common human characteristic is I know I should do this. But it takes a little too much time. Oh, it takes a, it a takes coach, a little, yeah. As a coach, it takes a little too much time. Uh, I'm tired, or or this, that, and the other. Uh-huh. So what you're or saying 10 is, ten kids is, on the runway. I don't have time for this. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Well, and and the thing is, though, is what you're talking about is manageable with larger groups of kids because what you're you're not talking about, ha- you know, giving them some sort of long novel every single time that they go and they pole vault. You're just like, hey, you're having problems with your swing, so in between your jumps. You know, what are your cues? Okay, your cues are this. Okay, well, those are your cues. You didn't do it that time. Go over on the rings. 
hit some rings exercise, visualizing those cues, and then get back on the runway and do it. You're not walking over there with them and doing oh. that, you know, like, so these types of things are very simple things that you can do and you can give a very valuable feedback to a kid who just finished their vault in a minute or less and oh. give them an exercise and then Five we're good. Seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's not, it's not, you know, you just have to put in the effort to think about the things probably when you're not at practice as the coach, you need to be like, okay, I mean, I'm running through this in my head as we speak. Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's okay. you know? <laughs> you're going to so do I'm, it today. After yeah, exactly. Uh, my, our coaches are going to get a big text message after this. <laughs> um, so, you know, you just, you know, you should do it and just do it. And, and can I and add a thing to that? That's too, it. Jake? Yeah. Um, if I'm trying to learn something that I have not been doing before, I'm a trail leg shriveler. Mm. I've been doing that way for a year. I'm trying to get them to swing long. They have to reduce everything to just that. They need what I call a laser focus. And so if they try it three times, it's like, nope, nope, nope. I say, hey, look at me. If I had a $100 bill and I set that $100 bill right there in the pit, do you think you could come through one friggin' time and swing a long trail leg? Yeah. I said, <laughs> show me. And they do it. And I say, what the heck did you just learn? Yeah. I got to just think about what I'm doing and just focus on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not yeah. try to do three things. That's, it, you know, that's, <laughs> I used to call it the $20 drill, but it, nobody that's needs hilarious. 20 bucks anymore. Right, so you can yeah. call it the lemon meringue pie drill or whatever. It was like, dude, focus. And that's well, why I like <laughs> that, that. That's what I was going to say is like getting, getting athletes. I always say you need to learn how to be more present in your vault. You need to be aware uh, in your vault because a lot of times what happens is, is athletes will, will just, they'll have incredible intentions at the back of the runway. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And then oh. every step of the way, they just start throwing it out the window. And then once by the time they get to the box, it's just like, <laughs> I don't care. I just want to try. I just want to get over and hopefully I make it. You know, and, and that is be, you're not being disciplined and being aware and being present about what you're trying to do. And the yeah. way that we've always, you know, tried to get them to do that is to give them, you know, visual cues or, um, you know, some sort of cue that it's like, Hey, like, are you yeah. doing this? And, and if they can, it, sometimes they'll be like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it. No, you're not. Come on. Hey, look at me in the eyes. Are you really? Are you really? No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, know? you can ask them when they land too. Like, hey, how'd you like that trail leg? Sometimes they look at me and say, "Good." I'm like, <laughs> you don't even know, do you? <laughs> like, okay, so right, yeah. right, exactly. So over analysis kills the soup too. You know, you don't, you know, you know. But I, I, I just wanted to point out that intentionality and and single focus is really pretty important to motor reprogramming and that's where where, where we forked off the road a while ago is, is how do i change people who come to my gym with funny habits i really want i gotta get to know them i gotta find out if they're living like with all this pressure and all that kind of a thing and is 
you know, if dad chirping in all the time, I'd say, oh, okay, I see how this is all working. We got to, you know, right. whatever it is, I want to do a full assessment of what's going on with them. And then I'll say, here's what I would do. Right. Um, and usually they're very malleable. Um, you know, they don't fly across the country to do the same thing, right? So they're open to to uh, to doing it differently. And uh, <clears throat> But yeah, simple cues. I find more emotional cues, more right brain cues when you're on the runway. When you're on the auxiliary runway or you're in between turns, that's when you that's when you analyze and you and you think about flip press, flip, you know, whatever that is. Don't think about that on the runway. Let's mm. rehearse it, rehearse it, and now breathe and go. Attack. Uh, those are those are more things that are useful, like in a track meet. Uh, the other is driving range stuff. Uh, when I'm on the on the live runway, it's more first tee box. You know, I'm not going to be thinking about my right elbow or my this or that, you know, on the tee box. I'm just going to think about there. This ball is going there. Right. Yeah. So that's so some of more, that golf carryover, the the mental oh, so golf much. carryover. Where am I going? Not how am I getting there uh, is, what's, is what saves the day at a track meet. So uh, that's a whole other thing. Um, how do you get kids to perform? They're best at meets. Uh, I got a whole lot of practice champions, and then they go to meets and they fold up like cheap lawn chairs. And uh, please yeah. tell me how to get that uh, mm -hmm. uh, rectified because uh, that's a tough one, man. That it's a, it's sometimes <clears throat> for me, I'm like, uh, I'll get frustrated with myself and and be like, man, like what what is it like? Is it just that some people just have that and some people don't? You know. Nope. But I think it can be trained, you know, it, I think it, I really do think it can. Be. Confidence is a muscle like any other. It absolutely can be. It's not inborn. Mm. I'm very confident at some things and I'm, I'm like, what? Sing in front of a crowd? Uh, uh, I'm not, <laughs> you know, um, it's learned. Um, I think this, this is a really, this could be a podcast of its own, but I, I don't think people rehearse actual track meet scenarios very often in practice um really smart coaches um can say to them so you've got this athlete is a super athlete performs well in practice not's happening not happening oh it's gonna yeah but it's not they're still in the same place how often have you said to them you've got 30 minutes and we're gonna go opening bar get ready right uh well that's a good idea we actually uh, we actually haven't done that <laughs> i was like okay so this is a good idea so you know um yeah and so part of it is that the other part is you know you can almost expect like here it is here's opening bar are they going to go deep jake or are they going to land short you know yeah they're going to land short yeah so why do we do that because we get so wrapped up in the got to make it, got to make it, or I'm going to go to this meet. I'm going to make, I got to make 14. If I don't make 14, I'm so sick of not making 14, 14, 14, 14. You are doomed to fail unless you learn to vault by process. Your entire orientation for the day is, you know, um, build it patiently, crush it deep. That's all I'm going to do today. Uh, I'm, my run is so tight and screwed up. I'm just going to build it patiently and crush it deep today. What if you don't make 14? That's okay. Because if I learn to do this, 14's coming. 
So if you can cling to the process, each kid needs one and, and, and they vary a little bit, but learn to just jump deep. So I, I just ran a little meeting in my place yesterday and I said, uh, okay, we're about to put the bar up. Every one of you here is going to land short the first time. Unless you remember, we're starting a foot and a half low. We got plenty of space. Jump before swing. Move your pole deep. You know, everybody on board with that? I mean, you know, <clears throat> um, I just did this last week. I was I was down at the University of Washington, and Toby obviously is a wizard coach, and you uh, you know you know him well. <clears throat> a couple of his athletes were with me when they were kids, and now they're with him. And I said, dang, this girl is still where she was as a sophomore in high school and COVID. I mean, what? I know she's making progress, right? He says, oh, she's getting so much better. Why isn't that happening? It's going to. I said, okay, but have you put up a hard bar recently? No. I said, I, can I mess with today a little bit? Do you mind if I just kind of play? So I went over to her and I said, Holland, you're a butt kicker athlete. Look at you. You're fast, strong. You're improving. You're still at 12-6. We got a little anxiety issue when it becomes real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I said, so Toby and I are going to put the bar up for you, opening bar, and her face kind of goes like, oh, and I say, oh, yeah. And all we want to see is just keep doing what you're doing. She was jumping deep, deep, deep in all these bungees, and sure enough, here it comes, first jump short. Holland, <laughs> I was, yeah, I was thinking, I, I know you were, that's what you do. We're going to fix that. Let's quit that. Deeper, deeper, deeper. Next one is a little deeper. It's like, okay, was that all green lights or you got a couple of yellows on the dashboard? She goes, uh, it was better. I said, yeah. Are you, are you free? Not yet. Find it. Kaboom, kaboom, kaboom. Suddenly it's like, oh, now you're bombing the hard bar, right? Just reminding her, like, can we quit talking about your run and your grip and your this and your that? You're not bringing Holland mm. to the moment. You've got right. all your parking brakes on. So. You know, it might not have worked this way, but she PR'd twice Saturday, you know, and instead was like just all jazzed up and thrilled. It's like, you know, okay. So That's... you embrace the demon, you know, yeah. the, that was a project or, you you know, you kicked that little dragon in the face and, and let's at least name it right. You know, we don't need to spend all our time staring at the iPad. And if, if there's a person who has performance anxiety when the bar goes up. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. That? <clears throat> yeah. That, that is exactly what I do, uh, as well is, you know, I'll, I'll tell them all, I just am just very blunt and I'll say, I'm going to throw this bar up and you guys are all going to come down on top of it. And it's because you just like, what's the first thing to go when a bar goes up your plant. That's the first thing that goes. And it's, it's, it, it's really annoying. And I, and I tell them that it, it's really, you know, frustrating, but I can't talk too much smack on it because I was a pole vaulter once and I did I the same thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so I so I do understand where they're where they're coming from. But I tell them, knock it off on the way up. Please, please yeah. knock it off Miss, on the way up. Please Miss bravely. Yeah. I would love, <laughs> love. For you yeah. to blow through this yep. and knock it off on the way up. Because guess what? 
you just made my job so freaking easy because all I got to do is put the next poll in your hand and then we're going to yeah. have a great day. Yeah. You know, so please, please hit the bar. Please knock it off on the way up. Now, if you knock it off on the way down, we got an issue because that's not me. That's you. You know, like, so, you know, you blow through it. Hey, that's coach's fault. You put me on the wrong pole, wrong grip, <laughs> whatever. Okay. But you knock it off that's coming down on top. That is not me. That is you not, you're, you're just afraid to hit the bar, you know, in pole vaulting, yeah. we eventually are going to hit it, you know, and it is. And they're it afraid is. to miss. They're trying not yeah, to miss. Right. They don't want to miss. Oh, now it's 14. Well, you can be guaranteed you're going straight up and straight down as soon as you get to the PR bar because you're going <laughs> to forget. Right. You're going to forget what does it take to make a PR bar? A gigantic long jump before my swing. Yeah. Right. You're so right. excited for the higher bar. Everything changes. So we talk about it and we practice it. We're not even looking at the bar. We're going to find the top hand, right? We're going yep. deep, whatever. Process, process, forget the bar, let it fall if it must you will not make it until you learn to jump like it doesn't matter mm -hmm. yeah so it's hard it's it is hard I what know. i do too is i i'll even like let's say they're jumping at a bungee and they have like extreme <laughs> competent like bar anxiety or whatever mm -hmm. um if it's if it's to the extreme I'll, I'll i'll let them jump at the bungee you know to start the workout out and then in the middle of the workout, not in the middle, towards the beginning of the workout, maybe they do a few jumps over a bungee. And then I put a bar up that's like two and a half feet below their personal best. And it's like, that bar is up there, but it's kind of not even really up there. Non-threatening. You know, it's a very non-threatening <laughs> bar. It's like, come on, coach, what the hell? You know, like, this is mm -hmm. stupid. And it's like, hey, well, show me, show me that it's stupid, please. You know, and, and then, you know, they, they cruise through it and then you can kind of just incrementally bump it up with their confidence as their confidence grows. That's another one that I like to use sometimes too, but you're it's a hard one. You're just a coach in the process of figuring it out day by day by day. That yeah. worked for this kid. It didn't work for that one. That's exactly what you got to do. Just keep exploring and experimenting. Exactly. 100%. 100%. 100%. So what, um, ha how did this whole mall sisters thing happen? Is it just mm -hmm. as simple as, did they start with you? Is it, a, yep. so they, oh, yeah. from first day? I could, I could send you a picture of the two of them on the first day <laughs> doing their little four step run on a, on a 10 foot, uh, 100 pound pole. That's uh, it's so a beautiful cool. thing. And, uh, and you could, you should see the joy bursting out of each of them. They're standing next to each other. And I thought, okay, if there's two cuter people on the planet, I don't know where we're <laughs> going to find them. Uh, That's hilarious. So they were multi-sport athletes, mountain bike racers, gymnasts, rock climbers. And so their parents engaged a, a really smart, uh, reputable multis coach right near their home in Olympia named Mike Strong who uh, helped lots of kids learn multis. And he'd sent me decathletes before because he, he thinks that's the best place to get them to learn to vault fast. So he said, you know, these girls are going to need to try pole vaulting. Look at them. They're, you know, I can just see it in their, in their personalities, their gymnasts. Give it a try sometime. You got to go to see Tim. Give it a shot. 
and they had a blast, obviously, right? So they were, I think it was the summer after seventh grade, perhaps, something like that. Maybe it was the summer, and no, I think it was summer after seventh. The first time I ever took them someplace to compete was in eighth grade. I think they were, uh, no, it was seventh grade. They made eight and a half feet or something at Junior Olympics as oh, wow. as 13s. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So that's it. And then Mike continued to have them. One would throw javelin and high jump. The other would hurdle and long jump or whatever. They, they kind of did a lot of that multi stuff. They kept playing volleyball into high school, freshman year. But what started happening to them, happening to them on the vault runway was obviously unusual and prodigious. And so those other kind of things just started getting in perspective. And it's like, we're, we're pole vaulters, aren't we? And we need to still hurdle perhaps, cause that's good for us and whatnot. Uh, but no, I don't think we need volleyball anymore. Uh, we want to, we want to train for speed and, and, and pole vault, you know, on the other times of year. And so by the time they were going into their sophomore, well, yeah, by, by freshman summer, they, they were pretty much bonafide pole vaulters. Amanda uh, broke the freshman record that Mia Manson had and then a week later, oh, it was 13.5. And then a week later, it was 13.9. And a week later, it was 14.3. It's like, what? You know, so it's like, you know, don't so leave Hannah out for long. She's going to be right behind, you know. So um, she bloomed slightly later. But uh, so yeah. that's how it started. You know, my buddy, Pat Licari, uh, he started a club in Tacoma, which is an hour closer to them. Mm-hmm. And I thought... They're going to leave me. God dang it. I can't blame them. <laughs> Pat's great. He's close to their house. God, this is, uh, oh, well, it was fun while it lasted. And their mom was like, no, no. Right. We're coming. And I'm like, okay. Oh, wow. And an hour and 20 minutes drive or whatever, every time they come twice a week. Right. It's, it's just amazing. It's, it's very humbling to me. Yeah. Um, Good for their parents too. I I think that's a huge, a huge thing that I have got to shout out the parents that do that for their kids. It's very inspiring to me when I see parents do that. I have two little girls um, and they're not, you know, competing in any, you know, serious athletics or anything right now, but it's, it's amazing seeing parents do something like that for their kids like just they can every week week after week two times just driving we've got parents that do that hour hour and a half drive too and it's just amazing so but, i mean they're what a, what a great reward though um seeing being able to be a part of this with their with their daughters yeah you know? it is it's an absolute privilege about parents who are willing to do that i think there's there's two kinds some are willing to do that they'll fly their kids anywhere and it's like I think this is for the parents. I, I, you know, I don't. <laughs> yeah. I feel bad for this kid. These guys are so not that. Yeah. They just they they don't chirp at them for any in any kind of cobalty stuff. Sometimes they don't even come in the gym till like the last fifteen minutes, and they sit way in the back. They're you know they're very very uh, hands off, all supportive. Mom's a, a nutritionist. Oh, Dad's wow. a. Uh, uh, recreational athlete superstar and and he's really into the mental stuff and he he works with that kind of stuff um mike strong is there right next to them he he coaches them three days a week speed and now just this year they've started doing a little olympic lifting you know it seems age appropriate now right um 
always watching their their wellness and 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 reporting to me like oh hannah had a little kind of hamstringy thing kind of feeling today or whatever like that so just want you to know i said good deal thank you you know and we we're always talking about it i saw them a little flat today what were they, what did they do yesterday and so it it is a confluence of support systems you could not possibly improve upon no and you have two phenomenal prototype athletes Right. multi-sport gymnast 510 what do you, you know what could possibly what, what would you add to that right? right the pole vault is already a grossly unfair sport phenomenally favoring affluent families who can afford people like us affluent schools who can afford to buy poles if their kids lack them parents who can fly a kid to a national meet or whatever if, the, if they get that good all that kind of stuff and then to be fortunately located by a coach that's that's really good. Some people are just like, we got nothing here. Mm -hmm. You know, you can have all those parts and one missing, the money or the coach or whatever, and it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's it's, it's, it's really a, a I caution anybody into thinking that this is the Tim Riley story producing twins like that. Um it's a village of phenomenal people, and I'm yeah. Just it's like, got to be. It's got to be a, a con like you said, converging all these different things together to, to get to get something like that. You know, like you can. I, I think the whole. I think the consistent, you know, track record for you is the Tim Riley Show. I think that that is, but the the those two part particularly like that is what they've what they've done is, is pretty phenomenal but I, yeah. I i wouldn't i wouldn't you know discredit your role in that whole thing though um, i just wanted to be to be clear that um this is a really unusual circumstance of right <laughs> of, of a communal support and a, right. such an amazing family and the kids are so good um even if they you know if all of that was there and they were cocky or selfish or right. snotty or they weren't really good students. Any of that, just like, nah, it's not the whole package. It's that, mm -hmm. nah, you, you know, you don't really make champions out of athletes if they're not champion people. And every aspect of it is, is uh, positive and promising. I, I think it's really, I mean, they may very well move the – U20 record by six inches before they're done this summer. I don't doubt you, that. They both, and Hannah looked really good. I saw a video of her that you posted up uh, maybe a couple days ago. Um, that was 562. Narrowly right? missing that. Right? Oh, my god! And gosh. so, you know, and they're, and they're under 20 through their whole freshman year of college. Oh, so, my gosh. <laughs> you know, everybody else, you know, when you watch records go, it's usually a centimeter or whatever. <laughs> This is just blowing it all out of the water. It's, it's, it's really, a, yeah. Sure. So, so I guess that perfect. leads us into how's all that going to work? <laughs> with college. How's what going to work? With college. <laughs> oh, well, what do you mean? Like, I, I just am curious, you know, that I think that's, that's a, that's a very difficult time hmm. for any athlete to, to transition from i mean they have an incredible like you you just explained 
an incredible support system that okay. has been Number proven one to answer work. Is they lose none of it. Okay. We're going to move right into the University of Washington. And the only thing we're going to do is add Toby to the team. Mm. Well, as a, you know, I'm moving there. Did you know that? <clears throat> I did. You had, you and I yeah, uh, yeah. talked about that a little bit at Reno, but uh, for yeah. those of people who don't know, uh, tell us a little bit about kind of yeah, how well, it all came about. Toby and I have been speaking of it for some time. As he recruited them, he says, now these are very, very special people. I don't want you to think for a second that I, that I think I can roll this with continuity and not screw it up if you're not a part of the deal. And I'm like, mm. well, you know, well, what's that going to look like? So we've talked to lots of ideas. Like I, if they want to come to your gym to do their training, that's okay with me. If they want, if you want to come here a couple of days a week when they're jumping, that's okay with me. Well, how's that going to work? Well, you know, we keep talking more and more about it. And, and the conversation just kept morphing. And it's like, <clears throat> if I'm going to come there a couple of days a week, do you really want them to kind of have a special coach thing going on? I was like, yeah, you know, uh, yeah, I don't want, I, and I don't want to go just like not coach them. I want us to coach everybody. Right. Okay. So now we're, this is getting interesting. Can I do my junior program out of the Dempsey center at the university of Washington with, with you suppose they would tolerate my running clinics in the evenings and whatever you can do camps or clinics or whatever as college coaches. It's going to be different. I'm going to lose my beautiful little, training environment with all my favorite toys and all that but you know it, yeah. it, it can work and so that's what we've been talking about and uh so i go down there once a week and i coach a session with him and we catch up and visit and it's fun we're just yeah. having a really great time like hey toby don't say anything ask her this or he says hey try this with her next time and we're just like hey yeah yeah and and we've we've openly said like are we gonna step on each other's egos here you know because i mean Right. He's, I mean, that would be the giant. natural question. That would be the natural question is how is that going to work? Me. Yeah. He's not going to tolerate that. And I'm like, well, he is. We, we've we had a lot of good visits about it and we're practicing. We're doing it together. And and I my ego is at, at risk, too. I mean, you know, I, I'm a, I told him my confidence in coaching kids from zero up is monstrous I mean, <laughs> that's I awesome I'm, i love I'm that kidding you. i am so freaking confident that i can <laughs> get a good athlete from zero to a really high place it's gonna seem so arrogant but i just i know i can do it i've been doing it over and over again it's so easy now he right. said i got it i got it we both earned our you know our credentials i think four eyes are going to be better than two and it's just it's really really cool it's going to be interesting. I mean, it could be if it does work, which I think it I think it can. I think the two personalities mesh well together and I think <laughs> that uh if if it does work, it could change everything. I mean, that's I mean, you would think everybody would want to go to University of Washington, you know. Well, uh, there, if, that won't be possible, right? Yeah, right, you right. Think, you know. Well, it, it Big, it will be a, I think it'll be a really to. developmentally rich place to be. I right. do. I, and, and Santiago, the strength guy and Marisa, who's the, the head woman's coach is all about the kids well being and not caring about outcomes. Like when she was at Oregon, she felt like a contractually obligated to win, win, win. She says, mm. I want this to be a place where people grow to be beautiful, strong women. And I don't care about anything more important than that. So it all, it all sounds like it's going to be, perfect 
right? As good as it can get. Um, right. So I'm, I'm excited to play in the new sandbox. I know it'll be challenging. I'll be humbled by it. I'm sure it's going to be more difficult than I thought, mm-hmm. especially trying to get, you know, I, I don't, I know most of the kids there. Most of them are mine already from, from before, right. but you know, maybe yellow files in behind us like, Oh crap. Now look what we got, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm not encouraging her to, I'm encouraging her to make use of this opportunity she's got and don't let me abuse my power ever over you. I want you to go where you're going to be happy and, She's super smart and you know, wants to be a doc and all that. So it's like, wow, Stanford's a place go, you know, whatever. But right. I think it'll be amazing. I do. And and we're, we're getting used to how it'll work together. I'm a little concerned about how uh, the uh, the junior influence I'm having in the whole Northwest area. Can I can I make sure I keep that stoked and I don't end up going off of, you know, I'm, I'm done with all that. I, I, I would feel pretty yeah. bad vocationally if i let that go because it's a lane i've got really really good at and i don't think that we can have skill sets and just go fishing i think we kind of owe it to contribute whatever it is that we do well to the fabric of society and keep making it a prettier mosaic when we've got time to do so i I don't have an interest in sitting in an inner tube with a beer in my hand at the end of my (laughs) dock it doesn't does doesn't do it for me so yeah as long as they don't get tired of me you know and uh the, the athletes there find me useful to be there and i can keep helping kids i'll, I'll keep doing it well and how sad would that be like you're <laughs> saying like you know somebody who's developed such an incredible system of instructing young people you know that would just be it'd be it'd be tough you know like to to see that go by the wayside but i it sounds like it sounds like you've got so you if i'm saying this correctly you are not going to have your gym anymore you are going to be operating out of <laughs> University of Washington. Ninety percent likely. Ninety percent likely. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I don't know what I have to learn a little bit more about how the what would the rules be? Can I just leave the gym and go downtown and coach juniors? What are the whole NCAA recruiting issues? You would think. Somebody's I, gonna say, I am the wrong right, guy to talk but I'm to. I'm not sure that it's. It's not. I just think most NCAA coaches don't have the bandwidth to do that. And so that's one reason it's probably not happening. I know that I can't, for example, have athletes come and train with me who live more than 50 miles away. Um, So uh, there's a rule about that. that That's interesting. You're only helping the kids within your reach and all that kind of a thing. Um, Yeah. I, I, I need to learn more about that. Yeah, that would be interesting. So when when is your uh, lease up on your place? Um... At the end of August. I timed it that way just in oh, case wow. it goes like this. Jeez, nice job. Um, yeah, that's so. Are are you? Is that going to be kind of a an emotional kind of goodbye for that? Because I'm sure you probably worked really hard to to get everything up and running over there. Yes, and and the 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 bomb that will soothe me b-a-l-m is that i'll discontinue my gigantic rent payment for being in a building (laughs) by myself and say i won't even say the number out loud it's just like it's just like what everybody i tell it to like you you told me the number and we won't mention it but it was it was (laughs) it was too much it was too much but but 
at the end of the day, like that's what people don't. I, I I think that is one thing that people don't really realize. I would say from somebody who started, you know, something, um, started a gym and and all that stuff. You know, I had this idea of how much it was going to cost, and I ran the numbers a million times before I opened it up and I signed my life away on on a lease yeah. that was worth more than my family. You know, yeah. my family yeah. savings times five. <laughs> um, and I would say that it costs about probably three X what I thought it was going to cost, like in the in the end for me. Um and and that's something that I think is is really important for people who want to do something like that to understand is there are there's much more than the lease. There's much more than oh, buying yeah. poles. There's much more than buying a pit and a runway. There's so many more things that operate in the background and cost a lot of money um, whenever you're operating something like that. So I'm sure that you probably won't miss those things. That thing, yeah. And to keep it work, and I, I, and I find myself there seven days a week. Mm. Like somebody calls and says, hey, can we come and have a private on Sunday? I'm like, dang. I, I can't say no. I gotta I gotta stay busy. So I'll yeah. come and see it. And that's where the client stream comes from anyway. Right. People come to try it and then they get infected like I was as a kid and it's like, yep, here you are next week. You're in a group. Yeah. So it's going well enough now that I mean, after the years of COVID that I got no new clients really, that maybe it, it, it could still be cash positive down there. Um I could have a couple other coaches who assist me once in a while. They maybe they take Mondays and Thursdays, and so I can kind of reduce my days or whatever. I'm really going to miss the freedom to be able to meet any person I want any day of the mm. week. Flip on the lights, let's go for this. Um, I can't do that at, at the University of Washington. It's got to be pre-planned camps, clinics, what's on the calendar, you know, and all that kind of a thing. So <clears throat> I may yeah. be. Uh, feeling some anguish a year or two from now like oh i missed this that or the other thing but i'm yeah. certainly gonna stick with my cool two twin people i love so much and uh <laughs> you know transition them you know a year or two anyway and maybe it goes five maybe we go through la and then maybe toby's like okay enough of you you scoot on now <laughs> i don't know what right, right, right. happen. you know another yeah. cool thought is that i know brad walker would like to move back to the northwest he's a spokane guy He's yeah. got, uh, he's going to be a Cairo guy and he's going to probably want a building and, yeah. and maybe some elites want to keep coming to work with him. Well, maybe he and I figure out a place to have a building and, uh, and I rev up the junior program again and that, you know, it's, it's the new Northwest Mecca, but I kind of feel like maybe the timing of this is just going to take me to the end zone. Um, how much steam do I have at 70? You know, I don't know. I'm 65 now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, uh, there's so much that you can do with it, but it's, it's a, uh, you know, I, I, I find my, I was just talking to my brother Luke about, uh, how people will tell you like, well, you need, if you don't have a 10 year plan and you're in business, then you're not doing it right. If you don't have a five year plan, you're not doing it right. 
man, I'm having a hard time putting together like a one year. (laughs) 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 Well, just because there's so many things that change, like there, there's so many variables. I mean, I have general ideas and layouts of what I want done and when I want it done, but man, like dialing it in very specifically is very, very difficult. But I do have a question about, um, I think people would find this very valuable is your, managing your athletes with their high schools because your your athletes are very high performers and it would be it's it would be very difficult to deny that you've had a, a you know for these high schools to say well he doesn't know what he's talking about you know like you you kind of just can't say that you know um Nobody how do you manage that, that? how do you and manage i know that? that a lot of people have have stressed relationships with the schools around them we don't want you with our kids, you know. <clears throat> we don't want our kids talking to you. I think that there, I know of examples of, of specialty club coaches, not pole vaulting coaches, in this area that have angered almost every school who has a kid working with them. I think he, he tells those kids that your coach doesn't know ahead from her ass. You got to stay here. You shouldn't even do your season. You should stay. Uh, I'm really, really conscious of of communicating with the schools whose kids I have that I am here for you. You know, you don't even know this kid yet. Their school, <laughs> I got this girl senior who just came in June. She's going to show up at her school who's never had a high pole vaulter before. And she's going to say, hi, I'm your 12-6 pole vaulter. And they're going to go, <laughs> what? I mean, you know, so they're going to like that. And before I had my gym, there was only about four or five coaches in our state who were just like running the podiums every year. And, and it was all about them. Now all different schools in my area have had champions and all state kids. So they love it. Right. Um, but it really requires respect from, for me. And I got to tell the kids, now you're going to see me at a track meet. You may not look over your coach's shoulder and go, what do you think coach? Right. It's just, it's too humiliating. It's not right. You know, you got a smart coach They, you know, treat them as such. And, and they're, they'll ask me if they want input and, uh, that's the only way it rolls. And if they just hate that and they don't want it and they're, you know, we'll endure this three months and we'll get back together in June. We're, I'm, we're not going to fight that at all. If it comes up and I'm blessed to say not twice. Can I think of over time? Have, has that ever gone South with any school in my area? Right. Never. Right. I think I don't that know that if is... it's just because they like the outcomes or if I'm doing it right. Like I'm trying to do it to really be respectful of the other coaches. I think it's a combination of the two. I, I mean, the performance doesn't hurt. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, but that's the way that's the exact way that we have gone about it, too, is like, listen, we are here for you. We are here to help you yeah. and your athletes. I, these kids are not going, we're, they're going to be training and then they're not going to be wearing a rise pole vault Jersey. They're going to be wearing your Jersey. Like this is, this is yeah. all in support of the event of pole vaulting yeah. and, and, and your school's event of pole vaulting. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is what you said about, you know, I, I have not been to a high school track meet since I started this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just for that same exact reason that you were mm-hmm. saying is like, I'm not going there. And then the kids 
put, put, putting that, that coach in such a, a, a tough predicament where it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Hey, you know, I'm going to come over here and ask, you know, Jake, what he thinks about this and what that. So it sounds like you've talked to your kids <laughs> and been like, Hey, we this is not I do go to the high school track meets because we have this other problem in our business. So when we get to March, suddenly all the clients are gone, right? Because yeah. they're all going to their school practices. Well, some of mine continue to come. They can't come right after school, but they can keep coming at 530 in the evening. Some schools are always asking for me to help coach during the season. There's always more schools with no coaches. So this year I've, I've been talking with a, another couple of schools. They're going to work together, have all their kids go to the same site. Will I be their coach? And I'm like, yeah, I, I think I, I can do that. Yeah. Um, um, so I can only go like two days a week, one day a week, they got to come to me in my gym, you know, I'll go to your place one day a week and, you know, I'll go to the meets and then, you know, at the meets, every coach at every meet, you know, knows me. I know the whole state. I mean, we're all going to be elbow to elbow on the fence line together. And there's just, there's good collaborative visiting about it all the time. There's no like keeping your cards to yourself or who right. needs a poll. Everybody knows they can pick a pole out of my bag if they need something i'm not going to ever let a kid jump on a wrong pole if i got one that they need right 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 um we also have a certification system that uh we started 15 years ago so everybody in the state attends one of these clinics in their little area we have area captains and so on so everybody is so familiar with each other it's really a like the the uniquely brotherhood sisterhoody atmosphere of pole vaulters it's that way with coaches in washington that's pretty no no snarkiness none of that it's just really really fraternal um idea sharing pole sharing yeah that's that's really awesome yeah i I hope someone would say someday well that's yeah that's because of the stuff you were doing i i would love it that would be a great honor if someone said yeah I, i think that you have affected the state that way um yeah that would be because that's an attempt that's gonna be that is something that uh i just have been trying to preach as much as possible is is that relationship of i am not we're not a threat we're not trying to threaten anyone we're just trying to provide a resource for the pole vaulting community and and there and it's slowly starting to turn you know and and i think that you know what we can do as as owners of gyms and clubs is is we i i told my brother you know what we want to try to do is we want to just try to swoop in and try to save as many situations as possible like you were talking yeah. about like hey we don't have this hey no don't worry we got it you know, and we don't have this. Oh, don't worry about it. You know, like, or this kid's having this problem. This kid's having this problem. And is mm-hmm. and then they, then people will start to see like, oh, they're not here to try to steal my kids. They're not here to try to do this. They're here <laughs> just to be a resource and try to help people. You know, so have you ever it. sent up your shingle to say, if any school program has a kind of a wobbly novice coach and would like to bring your entire team into our gym? And have us coach a session with you. We'll watch your kids together. You'll, you know, you'll see what we see. And we'll tell you what we see, what drills that we would say. Each kid, you know, here's how I would set it up. Or maybe you farm out yourself. Maybe you say, I am willing to come to your place. I want to watch your practice, how you organize it, what stuff you have to uh, make activation drills work. Um, 
you could become a little bit more of a of a program mentor. I think uh, I've thought about that often. And <laughs> and that is something that I do intend to do the best that I can offer right now, just because my time constraints are, yeah. are really, really rough right now. Um, but the best that I can do right now is I just say, Hey, reach out to me. And like, if, if you just want to come stand next to me, oh, yeah, can, yeah, yeah. you know, and I can, Absolutely. I can coach, I can't guarantee that I'm going to be able to have a huge long conversation with you, mm. but I, you can see me instruct, you can see what we do and, and why we do it. And then, and yeah. then maybe afterwards I can kind of debrief you mm. on, on why I did certain things or whatever. So that's as good as, as I can do right now. But I think in the future, I really have thought about, you know, bringing there, you know, Joel Block, uh, yeah. So Joel brings a group of his kids in, uh, oh, every, cool. year, every year and he he's a smart a coach. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and so we do that and I've thought about doing that. And then also I do think it's a cool idea of, oh, we can actually go out into the community too. I do it. You do have to, I don't know if you guys have rules and things like that. Uh, no rules in Washington. No rules in Washington. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but I no, always I am very, saying. very, I, I interact and, and communicate with uh, IHSA, which is our governing body. Yeah. Uh, every step that I take. Yeah. Good. Um, just, just to make sure that I'm not, you know, stepping on yeah. anybody's toes or, or whatnot. But yeah, yeah it's, it's part of the, part of the game. But it is. Well, Tim, uh, we are, probably going on we've been going for a little while now so i'm gonna get to kind of our last section so our last section is we usually talk about um top three exercises that you would prescribe but i'm gonna add some bonus material onto yours so i would appreciate it if if you could do this uh thought exercise if you only had three exercises to do for the rest of your career, um, you could pole vault as much as you want. So that's a given. And you can't, yeah. So, you, but you, you could pole vault as many times as you want, you know, however many jump sessions, but outside of that, what are three specific exercises that you would use for the rest of your career? If you had to whittle it all down to three. Yeah. yeah. Um, the number one drill away from the pit, I would say, is full approaches with pole, tape measure, mid-mark cone, takeoff cone, sliding box. I love it. Speed traps, bonus if you got them. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if you don't have speed traps so that you can measure progress, like, wow, you smoked that. That was 7.5 meters a second. Now right. we're clicking. I mean, you know, it, it's all designed to create maximum velocity at takeoff, right? So you can watch the pole drop, the timing, you know, the, the light weightless carry, all that gets practiced, right? And we're going max velocity here. We're not just jogging. And if I don't have speed traps, I watch the distance of flight. You took off at 10, you popped into the air and you traveled and came back down at two. Are you that taking a, off and then landing a, on your left? Yeah. Uh, most okay. of my kids, and I don't mandate that, 
that's right. more comfortable for them to switch. If you jump at 10 and you landed at two, that's an eight foot takeoff. That's not very impressive. Right. Right. We're not going to get on bigger poles until you can fly from your takeoff point past zero. So next time, boom, nine, baby, celebrate the wins. Next time, 10, double high fives, right? And so most of my better kids, you know, are, are able to jump from 10 or 11 and go flying past the zero. So they're jumping 11 feet. That exercise programs the nervous system. Remember what we're we're primarily working on here: the confidence, the tempo, the 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 bravery of striking that box a little bit and and hitting it full velocity, no breaks, no leaks in velocity. All that gets kind of uh, melted away, and uh, yeah, so that's big. I I just think that's a huge thing. And if I can get kids to move a sliding box or an eight foot jump to a nine and a 10 and finally really start flying through it, the difference will be um, visible on the pole sizes immediately on the runway. Yeah. So uh, just doing that well is a big part of it. And you can't do it well enough on the runway uh, when you're in a group at a pole vault session, you know, in fact, half the time you're doing it, you're only running from five anyway. This right. is full run rehearsals, track meet ready, full speed. So that's one thing. In my gym, I make more use probably out of my adjustable height rings than anything else. Mm. So people can, you know, there's just a chain on a on a big wall anchor and, and on a pulley. So that the kids can raise it up and dangle, um, you know, repeat swing ups just for strengthening, right? That's kinesthetic, but it's also a strengthening thing. <clears throat> But frequently, I have it set down, and any height person can put it down so they just can casually grab it with a with the tall reach. And then they get this big pendular run going on, thump, thump, right, left, thump, thump, you know, swing out, come back, thump, thump again. And then connect the big stretchy takeoff to the swing. It's just a firing pattern of jump, swing, jump, swing, so that we always include that follow-through, that stretched-out elastic foundation from which the swing must happen mm-hmm. um that's that's a huge thing i've got kids over there all the time if something's not quite clicking so that would be a uh, second if i was coaching world-class pole vaulters like the college folks are doing and i'm about to do i might say the next thing has to be some strengthening feature some hand clean or like pick my favorite weight room activity that's most uh that's that's best for inoculating injury uh from injury and and for creating explosive power but i have have raised most of my champions without that right Mm. at my level i I start with pretty strong people right i'm not turning flimsy flabby people into pole vaulters they're 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 already athletes and if i was in a high school i'm not going searching down the hallways for anybody with interest i'm looking at the pe class for that kid it's right. the wide receiver boy or the gymnast girl who already comes with that core strength integrity. So I've been just blessed by teaching them to pole vault. Right, right. So it's, it seems lopsided not to include a strengthening thing, but that's the reason it, it's not a first priority for me. So, well, I, I gotta, say, I gotta press. Let me, I got one. Okay. Gotcha. I was going to say, I gotta press you. Cause that's too general. That's okay. What's the, what is it? I would say, and this is, and I, this is outside the box too, but, but it is exercise. 
have your cutoff pole or your PVC in your home environment and use it for every com comprehensive visualization of the perfect vault. Mm. The approach, seven, six, five, four, eyes closed, whatever. One, boom, stretch, paddle it, flex in, turn, pike, celebrate, fall back on your bed if you want. Yeah, whatever. Do it over and you know, every day. I give love it that. the time. Yeah. I would think you'd do more with that than you would with any strengthening exercise excuse my tabletop for wiggling here how about that? Is that specific I, enough for you? i love that i love that um i was going to mention this earlier there's a book uh called 10 minute toughness by jason mm. selk um mm. i that was a big one for me it teaches you mm. a, a 10 minute routine to go through mm. and to be able to visualize and at in the different camera angles of mm. uh, of visualization i actually cool. i got him to agree to come on the podcast but he only agreed mm. to do a half an hour so oh. i was like i don't know if i, I i'm <laughs> i'm not gonna get anything done in a half an hour but i'm still working on it um sure. okay so since so we've got your three so we've got slide box full full approach slide box yep. we've got rings um mm -hmm. and then we've got uh you didn't you definitely agree that there needs to be some sort of weight room component, but uh, your third one was a PVC pipe for the purpose of rehearsing and visualization, or or a cutoff pole, a four foot long pole. That, you okay. know that you. Yep. <clears throat> right, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, and then for the bonus material, I am just curious. Same exercise, same thought exercise, but three cues. Hmm. One of my favorites I keep repeating is jump up before swing up. Jump up. Uh, pull speed first, swing speed second. Mm -hmm. Always, always PRV first. Pull rotation velocity, swing second. So never skip the skip the penetration for a quick swing. And and it will be tempting all the time to rush the swing and forget where it comes from. So the different ways to say it, jump up before swing up. Jump up before swing <laughs> up. Okay, so that's one. Yeah. Breathe. Okay. You're amplifying, you're gonna screw something up. The bar goes up, you change poles, suddenly you're all puckered up and your whole run's gonna change. Breathe, smile, hoist your pole. Stay, stay in the zone, the sweet spot of, of optimal zeal or, or uh, optimal amplitude. Right. Guard yourself against overamplification. Gotcha. Breathe. So it, all, what I do is I say, hey, I just sometimes they look over at me and they go, you know, they, <laughs> that's all I got to do is just take my breath like that. Um, cues. So jump up. Those are just like what about uh, one at the top? What for the what top end? At, what about one at the top? Yeah, I'm just curious, just because I, I we have one that okay. we use, which is you know, see your knee at your top hand. You know, looking for that top hand. I'm just curious. Uh, what I would do. say, stay behind the pole. Stay behind. That the pole. means as you start swinging, don't kind of collapse that bottom arm and pull. Because your hips are going to swing out beyond, you know, in front of your pole. So from mid-swing to finish, 
constant pressure on the top hand keeps the pole moving in front of you, keeps your hips rising behind it, and then you have a pole to turn around rather than one that you're you're flying out in front of. So stay behind the pole. Stay behind the pole. Yeah, I like that one a lot. That one's a really good one. It's so easy. Kids <laughs> lose their hips so yeah. many times. So so often they they just fall flat on their backs. Um, I always say, you know, jump off the ground. Don't fall off the ground because a lot of people are, yeah, yeah, yeah. they they run up and then yeah, they yeah. fall off the ground. You know. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. <laughs> so. I am so sorry for all the jumping around in today's podcast, but there was something very important that was mentioned at the end uh, when we got off the air. So I wanted to splice it back in right here. Hold on. Let's let's just start from right now because I'm going to clip that in because that's a really important piece. Just purely it is for a piece. safety for safety yeah. uh, perspective so so we had forgot to mention your situation with brian yokoyama <laughs> and and we should we should probably touch on that because starting kids with a bent pole requires a coaching a, a high level of coaching mastery and and you you can't just listen to this podcast and then start start doing this you have to it takes a lot of years. So anyway, Tim, please explain. Well, yeah. When I said on my Cobalt uh, coaching series that uh, I think it's a waste of time to uh, start on straight poles and then unlearn those funky habits and to learn to engage the bottom arm later, I got a whole bunch of rolling eyes by my colleagues who are all great coaches but who have, have been advocates of the straight pole first, you know, bent pole second. And so they said at the end, like, oh, man, I can't believe we're, what are we going to do? We're going to you actually said you put kids on poles that are not legally weighted for them. Oh, my gosh. What? You know, and said, so I'm not pole vaulting. I'm just teaching. This is day one. Right. That's what we're talking about. I'm teaching them posture and movement. And I'm, I'm going to accelerate this process so much by by having poles that are light and easy to manage. And they're going to be posturally correct all the way. Well. So Brian and I had a lot of visits about this uh, when we were at the World Championships, and uh, enough that he said, well, you know, I, I, I want to come up there. So he came up and he did a camp with me and spent the weekend here, and we, you know, we had a lot of hours of visiting about it. And he said, uh, among other things, I get it. I love it. I myself think straight pole stuff has outlasted its usefulness i i like letting the pole bend a little bit even on the swing up drills but what worries me is how do you communicate that with amateur coaches that don't have your coach's eye and know how to say nope too much bend nope raise your grip low it nope just enough to make this work really well you're going to have a bunch of you know crazy teenagers bending the crap out of poles and doing nothing correctly which of course is never what i've advocated but the danger is um, you know, good has come from the rule seven, four, three that, that require people to uh, use even weighted poles, but some terrible unintended consequences too. And I hate it. I can't in all my expertise, put a kid on a, on a foot and a half lower grip on a pole. I happen to have that serves them perfectly mm -hmm. because of the weight level. Why, why do I have them landing short on a pole on the only pole I have, which is too big. So that's the thing. Um, it, if in an ideal world, we would be better off if we could all do it this way. 
But right. how do we how do we get beginning coaches to uh, to see the benefit of that when a they don't have a lot of little pulls, perhaps, mm-hmm. and b when they might misunderstand that the the objective is not to bend the pole, the objective is to learn to vault well, and the lighter poles accelerate that process. Yeah, I think it's a good point. I, I don't think, know how to answer it. Uh, yeah, I well I. I think it boils down to equipment, like you had said. It does. If you don't have the equipment to execute this method, don't try to execute this yeah. method. Um, if you don't understand what we're talking about right now, don't try to execute this <laughs> method. <laughs> okay. If you don't know what a weight label is, don't try to execute this method because so like honestly though like so that i i agree i i agree wholeheartedly with brian yokoyama and his take on i love what you're doing i personally am encouraged to try and and implement some of these techniques um but with that being said I've been coaching the pole vault since I was 18 years old and I'm 35. You know, I I understand greatly about instructing the pole vault and what too much bend looks like, what too yeah. high of a grip looks like, what too big of a pole looks like, what too far outside looks like, what too far under looks like, all of these things. So I think that this disclaimer that we've tacked on to the end of this podcast is very, very important. Um, Don't do this unless you are a very seasoned coach and you have the proper equipment and ability to instruct it, right? How many are going to jump on board now? <laughs> no one. That's know, okay. Right. I'll, 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 I'll still be bringing my kids to nationals and you can have your uh, straight, <laughs> straight starters jump against my others and we'll see how it goes for you all. <laughs> I mean, but that's, yeah. I mean, it's one of the benefits of, I mean, the, all the work that you've put in, right. Yeah. Uh, is, you know how to do it. So it's, it's just a part of the game, but there really is no, I don't know if there, even if you laid out perfectly, I I don't know. I think what the crux of the situation is the coach's eye, like you were talking about is the ability to recognize things and feel things and your intuition as a coach. I think that that probably plays the largest role into the way that you coach and and I'm sure that you've probably tried to do this but uh and and probably have done it pretty successfully I I don't know but showing another coach how to do that mm-hmm. proves to be very difficult yeah um, it helps when you're together they oh, come yeah. to camp or whatever yeah even yeah. just the simplest thing you know like a little swing drill almost Everybody gets people to start swinging on a straight pole. But what if it just flexed a little bit mm-hmm. and they weren't even pushing on it? What if it was just so light that it just gave them a little bit of a bounce at the end and they and they went for a deep landing? And then they widened their grip a little bit and popped that left arm a little bit more, a little 30-degree bend. And same swing, you know, nice and deep. That's a, that's a critical bridge drill 
Mm -hmm. uh, for anybody. And it answers the question, why is it so easy to swing on a straight pole and so hard to do on a bent pole? Because you don't have that bridge drill. You're not using the light, easy, deep swings, uh, excuse me, light, easy, flexing poles for deep swings first. And and that, right. <clears throat> even if you didn't start them the way I start them, lighten the pole, lightening the pole on those swing ups so that there's some bend and bounce into it. I think uh, Butler called it the pop-off drill or something, just to feel a little pop at the end when your hips and ha top hand come together. Right. Um, it really helps you finish a vault well. Yeah, and that's and, what and, uh, we've uh, at, at my at my place. What my dad, you know, my dad's developed a system of instruction that is incredible, absolutely incredible. Cool. And and it started way back when, you know, mm -hmm. just just like you, you know, fifty years now he's been involved <laughs> in the pole vault, and that's that's exactly what he would say. Is you know, mm. you just if you're if you're executing the proper. Uh, technique and the mechanics of the run and the takeoff and you're gripping high the high enough uh, the proper spot on the properly sized pole it will start to flex and then yeah. you incrementally raise that grip a little bit and like you said mm -hmm. maybe widen that grip out a little bit and then it will start to flex more yeah. And then you'll kind of like it and then you'll yeah, start yeah. to get a little more confident and then it slowly starts to snowball from there. Yeah. But, and you're vaulting off the end of that bent pole rather than flying off of it halfway up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Cool. All right, Tim. Well, you splice uh, that in somehow and you're a magician. I'm going to throw it in there. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and re end the podcast now. Um, and thank everybody for listening to the 39th episode of the One More Jump podcast. Thank you guys. Bye.